Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Cultivating with Quayera. I am coming to you today from on location in Jamaica, directly from Maroon Country in Portland, nestled in the Blue and Jankro Mountains, the home of the powerful Queen Nanny. During my visits here, I experienced the true essence of Maroon life. Although my great granny was a Maroon herself from St. Elizabeth, I didn't have much information passed down other than the fact that I carry Maroon blood. I visited the historically significant Nanny Falls, where we are told stories of her magnificent spiritual water and land rituals. I've also been able to witness ancestral dance ceremonies, participate in nature and healing herb strolls, all while culminating my visit with a warm meal in multi-generational homes, enjoying the delectable traditional foods. Join me as we take a peek into maroon life through the eyes of a young sister. Enjoy. Malkia is the sister I'm going to be speaking with today, Malkia Moore Minot. She's an indigenous rights activist and an independent researcher, a humanitarian, a traditional health practitioner, a political scientist, and if that were not enough, a consultant who also lives at home in the Caribbean near the Blue and Jankro Mountains, <laughs> serious, serious maroon territory here. She graduated with a BSc from UWE, University of West Indies at Mona. She has spoken on several panels, radio stations, and even some TV on human rights, which was 172 period of sessions on Amerindian descendants in Jamaica, which she's going to talk some about with us today. She also has worked with various community and indigenous organizations, including where I met her doing performances with her group for one of my tours, which is the Granny Nanny Cultural Group, West Indian Tribal Society. I would like to have Malkia tell more about existence here in this amazing community, about her lifestyle, about her spirituality, and a little bit about how we met each other. So with no further ado, Malkia Moore Minot. Welcome, Malkia. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we first met at a tour on the other side of the Rio Grande Valley. Right. They were having some meet and greet, and we had a hike. Oh, and, right, yes. right, right. And since then, we hit it off, been in touch ever since. At the time, we were doing a lot of promotion about our culture and our activities and the work that we do, trying to keep our culture alive and trying to get it out there more, get other people to be interested in not only just ours, but their own heritage and heritage overall, because who are we if not for the ones that came before us? Right. It's been a journey, you know, especially those of us who have had the opportunity to go out and learn and become qualified in certain things to come back and take that education to build our communities. Building our communities 
on a grassroots level with the little skills that we have in our toolbox. I was really blown away by the Granny Nanny cultural group, but even more so with your representation of Maroon community, Maroon nation, society, your family, your elders, how you represented was so powerful. And one of the African proverbs says, you know, when I stand before you, you see one, but I come as 10,000. And every time you speak for your community, or even if someone asks you a question, it is this acknowledgement that you are really bringing an entire nation with you. We know there's a lot of spiritual tenets. There's some spiritual protocols that had to be observed and that were the foundation of being here in 2020 with, what is it, 40,000 hectares? Way more than we can count. <laughs> Way more, yes. are you kidding? In Jamaica. So we're going to get to that. So Malkia, I want to thank you. I want to thank your elders. I want to thank the ancestors on this land that... We're in Maroon community. You're going to hear a lot of different sounds today. You're going to hear some nature sounds. You're going to hear some contemporary car horn. You're going to hear some dog barking. You might even hear a little bit of music in the background. And a rooster. And a rooster. Being awake and aware. As I said, the ancestors on the land that I'm sitting. And then the horn went. So we have to be aware, right? Nature is in synchronicity with us. That's right. That's right. And I'm really excited even more so to talk with Malkia because my great granny was a maroon. And so I have maroon blood in me. And so it's exciting. You know, I didn't know much because she was gone. And at the time, in St. Elizabeth near Magatee, we live up in Caris Brook. Mm-hmm. A lot of information wasn't passed down because she was the only one, mm-hmm. right? And so the family knew and you passed that information down, but there were no traditions. And it wasn't like it was shunned on, but it mm-hmm. just wasn't. As available as if you were still in the place right around it. And that is the case for a lot of people, especially, you know, those of us whose parents decided that it was important for us to get an education so that we could equip ourselves to Mm -hmm. build our communities and contribute in some way and you can't do that if you're stuck in one particular rut you have to expand your worldview you have to become acquainted with what's going on out there and use that information to inform what's happening in the traditional home so i wouldn't really say it's a problem because of course there are those that because of that experience they bring a unique perspective it is important for especially those who are not as in touch with the traditional areas, those who don't get the opportunity as much. Reconnect back with that country way of living. It's important that there is an effort, at least a pilgrimage of some kind, some way in which you reconnect with your ancestors, in which you reconnect with your heritage and that of the past, some way in which you try to learn more about what it is that your ancestors stood for, what it is that they really believed in, because If we don't take it up, it will be lost. Even for those who don't have the elders around anymore to find ways to bridge that gap. And I don't think you're that far. Malkia, let's start at the very beginning. Who are the Maroons? It's the first people of the island. The people who have been here since ancient times. And of course, there are people that joined along the way, especially along certain trials and tribulations in history people had to band together in order to forge a new existence. And that's pretty much what the ancestors did. They banded together with those they could to forge a bright future. 
the Maroons are an independent sovereign state? Well, of course, you know, there are other people who have come and they're still here. But yes, we are an independent community. We are separate. We are a unique, a distinct group of people. And we try to maintain that. We try to continue that because if we don't, then it won't be that way anymore. How did this independent state happen in the middle of a Jamaican country? We were here first. Okay. Before everybody else came, we were here first and we're still here. So it's history continued. I heard a lot of wonderful stories about conquering the British, Queen Nanny and the treaty. Can you talk a little bit about that? I believe it was in 1400s. Of course, the Spanish came and our people resisted them. And after the Spanish left, the British came and our people fought them as well. And we didn't lose. So we maintained our lands and there has been an agreement of peace. That was the agreement that all hostilities on both sides should cease mm -hmm. because there was a lot of fighting. And eventually there was an agreement that, of course, we should stay here because we were here first. It's our land and it's only fair and respect is maintained on both sides for as long as both sides continue to keep that up. That's with the British? Yes. That is, of course, the last set of invading forces that came because I think the British said that they got rid of the Spanish, so they basically succeeded the fight. It was over 135 years of fight, 83 years of fight with the British. Wow. But it, after such a long ordeal, of course, our side came out victorious and we're here. I know when I went on a tour with the same group you mm -hmm. referred to earlier, when we were driving in the top of the mountain, looking down, there were stories that were being told or oral traditions, right, about how Queen Nanny was able to see the intruders, the British at the time coming in. And before we get into Queen Nanny, I heard something about camouflage. We are proud to say that our people invented camouflage. It's a style of disguising yourself using the natural environment. We call it ambush. Throughout our many battles, it was employed, so the other side saw it. And I think even today, they still wear the ghillie suit. They are still using that technology today in warfare. So I would say that that had a global impact. The part that a lot of people don't know, I think, is that Queen Nanny would always leave one British soldier alive. During the battle, it was ambush, and they would always attack from the front and leave somebody behind. Somebody has to tell the tale that these people are great people and don't mess with them. Well, I also heard a story before that they would run back and say, the bush attacked me, <laughs> the trees came to life and attacked me. So, something to that effect, but <laughs> the other side knew not to mess around. I love that. So let's talk about Queen Nanny and who she was, what she represents, and where we are. I had the pleasure of seeing her burial site. Mm. So please, if you could tell us the story of Queen Nanny and her spiritual foundation. The first word that we would use to describe Nanny is she is a mother to us all. She was the one that took care of everyone here. She was a nurturer. And so, of course, if our way of life was threatened, she would be obligated to defend it. She came and joined the fight. 
it was going on for a really long time and she made a great contribution because of course it finally came to a halt with her so that was a, a really big deal um of course she was highly revered by many people for her abilities she was a powerful woman she was a woman of the almighty you know she was a woman of god and it was a gift and she used that gift wisely for the benefits of the people. So what were that power and gift? There were many instances where it is said that she disappeared. She will be forever honored and respected, and not just by our community, but all of the other Maroon communities that look up to her because it was something that we were all in together. Her power was what enabled her to be a leader, not just over her people, but a leader of many. Where did Nani come from? She did say that she came from a place called Anabo. That's the name that she gave us. Anabo? Yes. Okay, okay. And she had siblings? She had brothers from the other Maroon communities, Kojo and Kwau, and they all fought together for the common goal. Our way of life was at risk, and when your way of life is threatened, you have no choice but to fight for it. When you believe in something, you have no choice but to fight for it. If there's anything else that's going to make you say, no, enough is enough. It's your way of life. Because of that, the different people were able to become a formidable force. Being a woman of such great power paved the way for how women are looked at in society. Even today, a lot of people don't have positive female role models to look up to. And so not only the role that she played in history, but the role that she played as a woman had a great impact. She was a leader of men, a leader of women, a leader of over many. And that in and of itself is powerful. As Maroon peoples, Amerindians, there were Africans. Were there any others that joined in? In that time in history, a lot was going on. It wasn't just terror in one place, it was happening in many different places at once. And when you take into perspective that the power that was being fought was not a localized power, but a global power. So of course, people from many different places came. I just want to hit this tidbit first before we go on to deeper things. Such a big deal associated with Jamaica. And that's jerk. Okay, so this is almost <laughs> like a commercial in the middle of a spiritual conversation. Jerk. Please talk about jerk. Because I go around now and sound like an expert. <laughs> I tell everybody where jerk originated. This is a big invention of our people. A lot of people associate with a seasoning. No, you can't buy jerk in a jar. It's not a seasoning. It's a technique. It's an mm. entire style of cooking. It involves even the apparatus that is used each material that is used and it's different from the one that they do in the jump pan that's pan chicken uh -huh. jerk is a specific thing we take our jerk very seriously over here oh. if we say nothing else about jerk it's that it's an invention of our ancestors and a big part of our heritage that we hold really really dear so if you want to try the best jerk come here the rio grande valley the rio grande valley so, Malkia, what fascinated me was really how jerk was invented, right? It was a matter of survival. Could you talk about that? Our people have always had that style of cooking over an open fire, but 
during that era, it was important to have a smokeless fire so as to not give away the location. Mm -hmm. So all of that has really big historical significance to us as a people. It is one of the legacies of our triumph over tribulation. Wow, thank you for that. So I want to talk about Pumpkin Hill. You saw it on your way. It's like a flat slope. Yes, the pretty flat one that just looks lush. Tell me what that is as specifically as you can. That is a very sacred point for our people. It's very sacred ground. It was at a period when our people was going through great tribulation and at the point where we almost felt like maybe we should just give in. But our people heard the voice of God that day and the voice of the Almighty told our people to fight one year more. So that is the reason why our people never gave up because the Almighty told our people not to. Mm, one more year. Yes. And so why Pumpkin Hill? Does a whole lot of pumpkin grow there or something? That was one of the miracles ah. that occurred at the point in which the voice said, fight one more year. Nanny dipped into her pocket and she pulled out pumpkin seeds and she planted them and they bore and fit the same day. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Malkia from Maroon Country in Jamaica. Although an extremely short but sweet interview, it was literally only an excerpt of all that we discussed. Somehow the entire second portion of the interview, all but 20 minutes, was completely wiped clean from our device. The ancestors only allowed what was to be shared through this medium to be recorded. At the right time, with the ancestors' blessing, no doubt, we will share the rest of the story with you. Until then, if you enjoyed the interview and haven't already, please like, share, and definitely leave a comment about the podcast. We love reading your messages. And remember to cultivate the very best life you deserve with love.